My life is a mess. Your life's not a mess, Maggie. Your life is beautiful. My life was beautiful. It was great. It was whole. Now it's... That is my life. And it can't be fixed. off. Come on in. No, it's okay. Father Tordone's going to Rome, so uh, obviously we're, we're going informal today. Sit down. Thank you. Well, I just, I wanted to say goodbye. For real, this time, I'm finally leaving. Well, I believe you. Like, I'm glad you're here because when Joshua left, he gave me something for you. He said he made it. Not bad, huh? Quite amazing. The guy takes a million pieces of broken glass and makes something beautiful out of it. Something whole. If you've ever seen the movie Joshua, that was a clip from um, that movie. It's very good. I definitely recommend you see it if you have not. Um, the guy Joshua in the movie represents um, a human personification of Jesus coming on the earth and kind of doing things for people and transforming a little town. And it's a really good movie. Um, if you have a chance to see it, you should watch it. Um, I am overwhelmed tonight. I'm, I just feel very um, moved, I guess, kind of emotionally. I'm going to try not to cry. Everybody that knows me knows that I do that sometimes, so I'm going to try not to. And um, I, I think I do better without notes, but I needed to write some notes because I kind of wanted to kind of reference some things that Keith has been saying lately, and I knew I would forget if I didn't, so just bear with me. Um, we're in a series, I guess I'm kind of wrapping it up, I don't know if we're going on after tonight, um, called Broken Vessels. And I was thinking about that, and I was thinking about the, the clip you saw, you know how we're these people here on this earth, and we like to, you know, pretend like we have everything all together, and our family is the perfect family, and 
and, and we really don't have anything. And when something bad happens, we kind of just bounce back up and we're fine. That's how we want the world to see us. And that's okay. But really and truly, we're all a little broken. We're all a little messed up. We all have skeletons in our closet. We all have, I do, things in our past that we really wish we had this huge eraser to just erase it and it never have happened. But that's not reality. The truth is... God loves us just the way we are, and he uses us despite who we really are on the inside. And, and the beautiful thing about the gospel is that Jesus came here and just moved among us and became one of us when he didn't have to because of God's unimaginable love for us. And he could choose any way in the whole world that he could, in his perfect mind, dream up to get the gospel out to the world, but he's using us, the broken mess. And so that's what I want to talk about tonight, about how God takes our broken mess and creates something new. God does a new thing with us. He redeems our past, and he restores our lives, and he uses us through the pain and through the mess-ups and through the devastation to make something beautiful for His glory. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about what Keith has said. He, I, I was making notes a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he said in Mark 7, he had said, we are the means which the good news goes out. And that's true. Like I said, God could use anything um, I think I, I said last time I spoke, David Platt says that, that God could use, you know, he could write out the Roman road in the sky, but he's not choosing to do that. We're plan A and there is no plan B. That puts a responsibility on us. The people who claim to follow Christ, who claim to know the Lord and to understand the goodness of God as much as we can, that puts the responsibility and the weight of the urgency of the gospel on us to share that with people around us outside these four walls and everywhere that God allows us to go and share that. Keith also said, when we think we have to do something to gain God's approval, it's like we're saying God isn't strong enough. So I was thinking about that. We always think about... Well, you know, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm not supposed to do that. Or I don't cuss. I don't lie. I don't, you know, do all these things. I don't gossip about people or try not to, you know. And if I lie, it's just a little white lie. But sin is sin to God. We, we can't understand that because we put degrees on it. But hating somebody is like murder to God. So we think of murder as something just we could never forgive. But if we hate somebody and we change our mind next month and we say, we're sorry, we expect that person to accept our apology and move forward like we didn't mistreat them. So, so we, cannot, we, we don't think in the terms that God thinks in. I had the privilege of meeting um, the man that started Clothe Your Neighbor as Yourself um, in Atlanta a couple of years ago. His name's James Barnett. And I heard him say this um, on a podcast not too long ago. He was telling about when he went on a vision trip with one of his friends. First time he had ever been out of the country and God was starting to 
stir his heart a little bit. He was kind of rising on the corporate ladder and, you know, had checked all the boxes. He was a good little guy. He had been in church, you know, forever. And he was a a leader in his youth group. And then he was kind of like even a leader on into the church. And his friend said, why don't you go with me on this vision trip to Nicaragua so you can just, you know, see how it is. And and we don't know if we're going to, you know, partner up with these people, but why don't you go with us? He was like, okay, you know. So he took some time off from work and went on this vision trip. And he came on upon a lady, a prophetess, okay? And he was like, I don't know if I'm into what you're doing here, you know. And she said, well, I want to pray for you. And I also want to tell you that the Lord has, has a message to, from, for you from me. He's like, what is it? And she said, you're not doing all that you're supposed to be doing for the Lord. And it offended him. He was like, how can you say that? I've been in church my whole life. I, I do everything I can in church. I'm, I'm a leader at church. I, I don't cuss. I've never had sex outside of marriage. I don't lie. I'm good to people. And this is what she said to him. And it changed. He said it changed the trajectory of his life. She said, James... It is not about what you are not doing, the cussing, the lying. It's about what you are doing for the world that your God so loved. We are the hands and feet of Jesus. Jesus is not here in his body walking around this earth telling, um, you know, how much God loves everybody and healing everybody. That, That is for us to share with the world who does not know the world that's in darkness that does not know the great love of God and thinks that once they've messed up, they're counted out. And they're not. I'm not I wasn't counted out when I messed up. You weren't counted out when you messed up. And we know that. And it's our responsibility to go out and tell the world. We know that Christ restores and redeems our past, our pain, our mess-ups, our failures, and our rebel hearts. He makes us a new creation. The Bible plainly tells us that he takes what is old and makes it new. He takes out that stony heart and puts in a heart of flesh. He mends our broken story to something that the world can see God in. He literally uses, this is so cool. When this came to me, I almost called somebody and told them, but it was early in the morning, so I didn't. He literally uses broken vessels to carry living water to the rest of the world. I think that's so cool. I'm not going to cry, but that is cool. So that got out to thinking, why? Why? Why would he use us to do that, these broken, crazy people? Why would he do that? He doesn't need us, so why would he do that? I thought about Never Thirst and how they're reaching different parts of the world, and they're just regular people from Birmingham like us. Um, I thought about, you know, the people in here who've been to Africa, the ones of us who will go to Haiti soon, the ones of us who are praying for God to open doors in our own personal lives to to share the gospel in in ways that are not being done yet. To be creative, Valley said, you know, we've got to be creative to reach the different cultures of the world and different personalities because everybody's not just like us. So we need ways to reach these other people. Why would he do that? One word. Love. He loves us. He loves the unlovable in us. He loves the us that we don't even love inside our own self. 
a love so great and so deep we cannot comprehend the magnitude of it with our human mind because it's undeserved. We think we have to do things to deserve love from each other, love from God. We, we try to give good presents. We try to be nice. We try to, you know, fit into certain circles of people because we want to be loved. But we don't do anything to deserve God's love. He just loves us because that's who He is. It's not a feeling for Him. It's literally who He is. Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, When we were utterly helpless, think about those words. We're utterly helpless. Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners Everybody. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person. Though some might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. I used to teach younger kids and I would say, think of the worst, meanest, terrible person you can imagine. And then think about the sweetest little old granny you can imagine. We love those sweet people who are nice to us and give us cookies and wrap us in a blanket when we get there and tuck us in and all that. But God does not love that person any more than he loves this person. And there's nothing that person can do to make him love them more. He loves us all the same. That's why we can't understand it, because this person that's so terrible over here, we don't naturally love them like we love the sweet person. That's what makes God so incredible, and that's what makes his love so different than anything we could ever earn, replicate, imagine, or explain. I started thinking about Christmas and about how Kenny had told us that, you know, the world doesn't really talk about Christ that much because he's confronta it's confrontational. A lot of people believe in God, but or a God, but most people don't want to talk about Jesus because it's a little uncomfortable. Now, at Christmas, it's a little different. You know, like you got Charlie Brown. They're going to tell the Christmas story, which is incredible that they do that on TV. And, and everybody wants to think about the baby wrapped in the snuggly strips of cloth laying in a manger because it's sweet. It's soft. It has a, a good tone to it, and it's just nice and neat wrapped up, you know. But then you start talking about Jesus Christ, the man who called people out on their sin, who told the leaders of the church that they were like a whitewashed tomb. They were just terrible on the inside, and they just played the part, basically. They just looked the part on the outside. God sees straight to our heart. Jesus Christ saw straight to everybody's heart. It doesn't matter what we look like. That's why it's not a big deal what we look like in here, because, because from the very beginning, it wasn't about that. It was about come in here and learn about God and, and feel the power of the Holy Spirit within you and, and leave changed inside. The Holy Spirit takes care of everything else. It's not about what we look like and what we say and what boxes we check and how many Bible verses we know. That's just not what it's about. 
we just get it all mixed up. And so I was thinking about the love of Christ is so deep, so loving, so confronting. And I started thinking about how it is a little uncomfortable when you start thinking about Jesus, even if you claim to love him and you claim to follow him, because we all have things in our lives that we're not proud of or that we are convicted over or that we do that we don't want to do. And I thought, it's convicting to know that the depth of love, that Jesus' love is so deep, and we spit in the face of that love every day when we choose our sin over him. And that was to me. And so that's why the world, I think, doesn't really embrace Jesus because Jesus is not a ritual. It's not a tradition. It's not a baby wrapped in a manger. It's, it's a man who came from heaven and was murdered for us willingly. Nobody took his life. He, he let them do that to him for us. That's how God makes us new. That's the difference. John 13, 34, and 35 says the words of Christ. You know, we had the Ten Commandments, all the laws of Moses, all the things that they were all used to doing and couldn't forget, and the Passover and the sacrifices and all that. Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you. He's saying, all the things you've seen me do, as deep as you feel our love for each other, that's what I want you to do to everybody else. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. If, if the love they showed to the world would prove to everybody they were truly followers of Christ, won't it do the same thing today? If God's word is alive... And it's still alive today is the way you're loving your neighbor, which is every single person in the path of your life forever. Is it showing the world that you are Christ's follower? Is it changing the world like the disciples changed the world then? Because 12 men changed the world. Okay, so our scripture for tonight, and we got to that, yep. Is Galatians chapter 1. Um, so Paul is writing a letter to the churches at Galatia. Um, they, they know the truth of the gospel. They've heard the gospel. They're getting a little out of whack a little bit. They're hearing some other things. And so Paul's writing a letter to them. So we're just going to kind of read their letter, okay? All right, so we'll just um, start. I'm going to start in verse 6, okay? So he goes on and he said the greeting about hello and all this. Verse 6, I am shocked that you were turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You were following a different way that pretends to be the good news but is not the good news at all. You were being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. This still happens today. This still happens everywhere today. Churches, Christians are so easily swayed by tradition, 
by things that are taken out of context. People saying their opinions about Scripture instead of saying what the Scripture actually says. You have to read this for yourself. Keith and Kenny have said it a million times. Do not take my word for it. Do not take their word for it. Do not listen to somebody, your old papa, who has said the same verse wrong for 25 years. You've got to read it for yourself and let the Holy Spirit that lives in you discern that for you. Because there's a lot of things that I've learned wrong in the past that God has had to show me. And it's, it's hard. You, you think, no, that's, that can't be right. I know what I heard. And then in the Holy Spirit saying, you listen to me and only me. That's very important. It's so important. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of good news than the one we preach to you. That's serious. He's basically saying, cut us off. Let the Lord cut us off if we are steering you wrong or anybody else, even an angel from heaven. I say again what we have said before. If anyone preaches any other good news than the one you welcome, let that person be cursed. Obviously, this verse really hit home with me. Obviously, I'm not trying to win the approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Within the past few years, me personally... I have, I would say, lost a lot of people that I thought were my friends for years because I realized for myself that I had to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and not what people wanted me to do, what was easier. It would have been easier to just do what everybody wanted me to do. And to be completely honest, I prayed that the Lord would let me do that. But he didn't, so here I am. And so I'm glad I'm here. Let's go on. Okay, so verse 11. Dear brothers and sisters, I want you to understand that the gospel message I preach is not based on mere human reasoning. I received my message from no human source and no one taught me. Instead, I received it by direct revelation from Jesus Christ. Okay. So, this is another reason you read it for yourself. Because the Holy Spirit is going to speak to your heart. And He is going to direct your life. It's not like you're just going, hmm. Okay, I'll read this one. Just to say you read your Bible on a Tuesday. You know, I mean, it's really and truly a guide for your life, for your family, for your heart, for your decisions. And it's not always easy. And sometimes I get confused and I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But it has never, never steered me wrong. And I have never been so at peace in my heart than knowing that even if I was confused, that I was doing what Scripture said to do. It's just really important to listen to God and not everybody else. Even if it's like your very closest friends and family. If the Holy Spirit is leading you a different way, 
that's the way you're supposed to go. It's just that simple. Verse 13. You know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. I was far ahead of my fellow Jews in my zeal for traditions of my ancestors. Okay, so most of you probably know, but Paul, before he became Paul, he was Saul, okay? And he was raised, you know, in all the Jewish traditions. that He knew every law to the letter. He got it all right. He was without error in all that. And he is very explicit talking about that in some of his uh, letters. So because Jesus was being preached, he wanted to squelch that because that's not what he had always been taught. And so he was murdering Christians to stop them. He wanted to, to make everybody stop talking about Christ like that. And then Christ... He met Jesus one day, and it changed everything. So he's saying, you know how I was. You know that I was more zealous in in making everybody stop than anybody. Y'all know how I was. You know what I did and all that. He's telling them, remember, remember, I know I was that way. So... In verse 15, but even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. Then it pleased him to reveal his son to me so that I would proclaim the good news about Jesus to the Gentiles. I'll just finish up before I say anything. Um, When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. Okay, so... Paul is saying, um, before I was even born, God knew all this was going to happen. And he picked me to be the person to lead in this way. And if this word is alive, and we believe what's in this word, and God is the same yesterday, today, and forever then he has chosen you just like he chose Paul. And he has chosen me. And it is our responsibility to proclaim Jesus wherever we go. And in whatever way that God allows us to do that. And it's an honor to be able to do that for him. Um, the world, I was thinking about, you know, how um, there's all kind of theories about creation. There's the Big Bang or, you know, creation or all these things, you know, evolution and things like that. The world wants to explain all that away, and that's fine. You know, you got to learn every way so you can make an A on the test, whatever. And then, you know, people argue, what is, what is a fetus? What exactly does that mean? You know, I mean, there's like, the gray line is in everything, okay? But the thing I was thinking about that the world really cannot explain away is just what Paul said. 
It's the old person versus the new person. Once you're born again, once you start following Christ, once you surrender your life to God, and, and you start hungering after the things of God, and, and God reaches in and Christ renews and redeems and restores your, your past for His glory and, and puts that soft, fleshy heart where that hard heart once was, nobody can say anything about that that does not reflect something supernatural. That is something we cannot do ourselves. You cannot turn into a new person. You cannot openly want to just sell some of your stuff or, um, you know, do everything you can to raise money to go help impoverished nations and sleep in a tent, not have hardly any food for two weeks. That's not something the normal person just wants to go do. That That is because we have part of God inside of us. We can't help but want to share that with the world. We cannot help but look at the needy, the, the, the suffering people around us, whether it's here or somewhere else, and want to reach out because we are the body of Christ. We are the hands and feet of Jesus, and we are commanded to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. How much do you love yourself? Do you have a car? Do you have a house, a pillow, socks, shoes? You know, my family has everything they need, and most families in this building do, because you had a way to get here tonight. So we have excess. If we really love the world like we love ourselves, it will show, and nobody can deny who you follow. And I'm speaking to me, too, because this was for me first. I just, when I read the end, you know what I was like when I followed the Jewish religion, how I violently persecuted God's church. I did my best to destroy it. And then when he says, even before I was born, God chose me and called me by his marvelous grace. When this happened, I did not rush out to consult with any human being. I remember um, when God first began to deal with me about coming here. Um, it was in the very early stages, I guess, of Simple Church. And I had some pretty deep roots um, somewhere else. And somebody extremely close to me very close to me. Got so offended because I did not ask what they thought about it before I made my decision. And my response to them was, I knew it was not a matter of what you thought I should do. First time in my life I had ever stood up like that to someone. And I said... This was about what the Holy Spirit was leading my family to do. And that's what we had to do, whether I really was a big fan of it or not at first. Um, And God has stripped away a lot of things from my life um, inside my pride. Um, 
a lot of things and relationships that I was holding too valuable. Um, there's just been a, a more of a transformation in my life through obeying at that time. And um, so I, I urge you to think about your life and how can we as a group and you as an individual serve better, be better, be softer in our love, but more firm in our stand for Christ too. There's a balance and there's a way to do it. And everything's not always cut and dry and everything's not always black and white, but Jesus is always the same. And God loves everybody. And so um, I just leave that with you and I thank you. And please be in prayer for the youth trip that's coming up this weekend. Um, if you'll bow your head, I'll pray for us. Father, I come to you, Lord God, thanking you for the opportunity, Lord, to just read your word to your people, Lord. God, I know if all I had done was just stand up and read your word, that would be enough. Thank you for your provision for us. And thank you for this place and what you're doing here, Father. I pray that your hand will be on, Lord, this place and every family represented here, God that we will strive to please you and not each other. God, I thank you, Lord, for loving us, even though we mess up so bad every day. I pray, Lord, that your word will linger in our heart and we won't just dismiss it. I thank you for... I thank you for the conviction and the confronting power of the cross what it means what it looked like and I know that I am as guilty as anybody Lord at taking it for granted and just spitting in Jesus' face with my life so many times I pray that you will just continue to mold our hearts after you God Thank you for choosing to use these broken vessels. And thank you for the leadership of this church. Thank you, God, for everything that you've done for us. And I pray that we'll never take one day with you for granted. Lord, that we'll want to share your love with the world. In your name I pray. Amen.